For someone who is not familiar with Snarky Puppy, how would you describe this band? This morning, I had a guy ask me what I was doing here, and he said to me, what kind of music does Snarky Puppy play? And I was like, uh... <laughs> I was like, man, you know, it's like a fusion group, bro. We got a little bit of jazz, funk, hip-hop. There's a little bit of all cultures represented in this music. Snarky Puppy, you've never heard of us. We are probably the most ridiculous group of people. I don't know. How do you describe something like this with 19 musicians, you know, where we have a drum section and a percussion section and a guitar section and a keyboard section? It's just pure insanity. Mass chaos. It's the only way you can really describe this mass chaos with a bunch of geniuses who have mastered their craft, put in a lot of time, a lot of hours, and they have made it a point to not just produce commercial music, but they've made it a point to produce or create music that makes you dance and it makes you think as well. It's a, it's a different kind of concept, and I think that's what people like about it the most. A jazz, jam, funk, fusion, unlike anything you've ever heard, but really familiar at the same time. Um, something that, that feels like you know it based on the roots. And these guys are so incredible about honoring the roots of where all this music originates. And, and that, to me, is, is Snarky Puppy. Like, they are so educated and Mensa smart. Universal accessibility, something for everyone. They don't tend to exclude any kind of style of music. They get a particular few that they're focused on, but they'll embrace anything given a chance. The fact that it's instrumental means there's not a language barrier. You can appeal anywhere. There are hooks and there are themes in the songs that audiences can gravitate to, can show up to a show and expect to hear something that they recognize and they will have that happen, you know? But they also show up with the expectation of being surprised by what we do with the song, and they also will have that happen. So it's really a balance of predictability and surprise. I think this band really nails that balance really well. I would characterize Snarky Puppy as a band uh, that plays melodic-driven instrumental music and trying to approach the band from like a pop aesthetic. We come at the music from a variety of different upbringings and that informs the music in a really unique way. Oh my gosh. How would I explain what Snarky Puppy is to someone that's never heard of Snarky Puppy before? It's the funkiest WhatsApp group you would ever hear. <laughs> that's what I would say. <laughs> this is, I would say, a band perfectly fit for anybody. We got something for you. I don't care what kind of music you listen to. But I don't know how I would describe it. I would say just come do a show, man. Just come check us out. <laughs> Two decades of musical innovation. Four Grammy Awards. Packed venues from Jakarta to Reykjavik to Melbourne. And sessions logged with world-class artists from Erica Badu to David Crosby to Snoop Dogg. Snarky Puppy has covered a staggering amount of musical ground. In March 2022, the collective returned to Dallas 
the city where they cut their teeth, with an ambitious mission, rehearse a new batch of tunes honoring the Texan city for a week, then record them before an audience over eight shows at Dallas's Deep Ellum Art Company. The result? Empire Central, Snarky Puppy's most intimate, inventive album yet. Welcome to Osiris Media and Ground Up Music's Snarky Puppy, transmissions from Deep Ellum. With each song they write and gig they play, Snarky Puppy pushes the boundary of what it means to be a band. But at their core, they're still the crew of endlessly curious musicians who first met at the University of North Texas in Denton. Snarky Puppy founder Michael League. This band always has been and always will be, and probably now more than ever, is a really a group of music students. I think the band's as curious now and as investigative now about music as ever. League formed Snarky Puppy in 2004 when he was a sophomore in UNT's jazz studies program. That's where he teamed up with musicians like guitarist Bob Lanzetti, still an integral member of the group. It was started by college kids, college jazz students at the University of North Texas. I think in the early days it was pretty influenced by Pat Metheny group and uh, Dave Holland, Miles Davis, Gil Evans. And then we started incorporating a lot of the Dallas R&B and hip hop scene. So that became a big element of it. You know, I, I grew up here, so it was just, it's always been a drive away to get to Dallas. I'm from Grapevine, which is about 30 minutes away. Trumpet player Jay Jennings is another member of Snarky Puppy's original UNT cohort. I was in college when we started coming down here to Gazellig, that club on Lower Greenville that we all played at for a while. Snarky Puppy percussionist Nate Worth also met League while studying at UNT. And so we would take these trips, and I had a van where I could pile people in my van, and Bernard Wright did this session down in Dallas. Whoever would want to come, they'd come to my house, and we'd drive down to Dallas and just get our mind blown away by how funky this guy is and how much music just flows through him. Bernard Wright unexpectedly died at age 58 in May of 2022, but the funk and soul powerhouse was among Snarky Puppy's earliest champions. And the band reconnected with him for Empire Central, where he plays a key role. Michael League. Since we met him, he's always been kind of our, you know, I don't know what you'd call him, like the godfather of the band or Yoda or spirit animal or his concept and his approach to music has always been our North Star. The bridging of R&B, jazz, hip hop, you know, like the, the way in which he mixes all of that stuff uh, is kind of the band's aesthetic, more so than any other group. You know, some people say like, oh yeah, you know, I really hear a lot of Weather Report or Return of Forever or Mahavishnu or, you know, like a lot of people list fusion stuff when they think about us and try to describe us. But I would say if you had to really describe the band, I would just say it's Bernard Wright. That's our mentality, is Bernard's mentality. When the band relocated to nearby Dallas a couple years after forming, it immersed in the city's music community and hit its stride. League lived on Belmont Avenue, 
a few blocks from Gazelig. You know, what church is for people on Sunday, Monday night at Gazelig was musicians' church. It's where all the musicians went every Monday to watch Bernard turn water into wine. You know, I mean, that's what happened every Monday for us musically. And then after the show, I would cook spaghetti or whatever, you know, cook pasta for people. And like 30 people would unload from the club into my house and we just hang out. And that was like a really special moment in time. You know, we started in Denton as college music students, but really the soul of the band to me started to form in Dallas when we moved here, when we started, you know, grabbing members of the band who were from here. You know, if you look at the band as an entity, to me, like, the, the, the heart of the thing is Dallas, the, the center of our, like, kind of musical empire, musically speaking, because I don't look at what we're doing as, like, imperial or, or, or you know, huge or whatever. That for me, yeah, like Dallas is the heart and soul and the core of who we are as a band. Longtime guitarist with Snarky Puppy, Chris McQueen. Snarky Puppy is the oldest band that I'm in. So it's sort of like, in a way, the closest to my heart, I guess. Um, it's, the, it's the one that we all like kind of grew up in. I mean, there's really like a direct line from studying jazz in school to, to doing this now. And I say that because like, I feel like it started in jazz school, but it didn't really start until afterward because we, that's when we actually started to play with Dallas musicians and really learn how to play music with feelings. You know, we have members of this band that grew up in various kinds of communities across the entire United States. But because we've all spent so much time together, I think everyone has grown and changed and adapted based on the other people in the band. And we have more people in the band from Dallas than from anywhere else. So it makes sense that the kind of Dallas attitude, the Dallas influence will be the most pervasive in the group. Everybody in this band, regardless of where they're from, has been influenced deeply by groups like Roy Hargrove's R.H. Factor, or Erica Badu, or Kirk Franklin, or Charlie Christian, or Bernard Wright, or, you know, the list goes on. But I do think that it's different from the influence that we've felt, even from people like Miles Davis or John Coltrane. Because while we're huge fans of those artists and have kind of worshipped and studied those artists, I don't think any of us feel like we're as directly a part of their lineages as we do kind of feel that we're a part of Bernard Wright's lineage or, or Roy Hargrove's lineage because we're embedded in that community playing with the people who, with them. You know, so I, I feel like there's a, a more, like less degrees of separation between us and heroes like Bernard or Roy than somebody like, yeah, like, you know, Billie Holiday or John Coltrane or somebody like that. So, um, you know, I think everybody at this point sees themselves as a, a, a kind of torchbearer in a small kind of humble way of, of, of like being ambassadors of this music scene to the world. Snarky Puppy has come a long way since those special days living in Dallas and gigging with the best that city has to offer. The group has performed in more than 40 countries. Its members are strewn across the globe, even League, who's now based in Catalonia, Spain. Those global influences continue to shape its sound. Percussionist Marcelo Woloski, who hails from Buenos Aires. 
I think that's what Snarky Pub is about. That being open to different sounds and mixing the tradition of Dallas and, and of American music with other sounds that are coming from Brazil, from Uruguay, from Argentina. Uh, and, and this is what makes it, I think, very special. And, and it, it, for me, it's beautiful to play in this band because I have the freedom to express myself. He's from Argentina, so he knows all the uh, traditional South American, the folkloric music, uh, the rhythm. Keita Ogawa plays with Marcelo in Snarky Puppy's percussion section. Originally from Tokyo, the percussionist went to music school in Boston and later honed his craft in Brazil. I learned so many different traditions from all over the world. I guess I take the best part of everything and mix it out. And I understand my, uh, I don't know, my way and create my sounds, which people say is um, unique. Like the beginning when I joined this band, um, this kind of style was not my main approach. So I had to kind of relearn and I had to learn everything what Nate was doing in this band to fit in this band, you know. But this was a really great uh, opportunity. Nate Worth hails from outside Chicago. And alongside with Keita and Marcelo, three-person, globe-spanning percussion section. We work so well together, and it's like, you know, Keita has stuff that he's really great at, and he understands, and like this part of the world. And of course, he's good at everything, but there's like these specialties that he has, and Marcelo has these specialties, you know, coming from Argentina and Japan, it's just like, completely different places in the world. And then me coming from Indiana, you know, near Chicago. Snarky Puppy's electric character extends far beyond its beats, of course. Guitarist Mark Latiri linked up with the band in 2008. The tunes are very diverse and you can hear all the composer's individual influences, which come from many different directions. Um, but it all feels like Snarky Puppy. So what's so special about the band is that we have fellows who are from here and are from that lineage of, of gospel and soul and African-American music, and then you have the guys that weren't, who came here and were kind of absorbed into that culture and are still trying to sound good doing it. <laughs> you know, like myself. Jameson Ross is Snarky Puppy's newest member and one of the band's three drummers. This is a cultural breeding ground of exploring the relationships of musical cultures. Argentinian, you got Japanese, you have Italian, Irish, white, black, Jamaican. I mean, there's range and that stuff comes in and, and meshes. And so I don't know what to tell people what this is. I just know when you watch it and you hear it, you know that you are witnessing something that has rarely been done. Ross plays alongside veteran drummer Jason J.T. Thomas. You come to a Snarky Puppy show, you are literally going to get kind of a music history lesson. Because we go everywhere, literally all across the world on every song. You never know where we're going to take you. R.L.'s is going to take you to any blues juke joint around the world that plays blues. 
then we may play Chavi or something. We're taking you way across the world to Morocco. Come out of that, and you just never know where we're going to take you, but that's the fun of it. Because it's literally something for everybody. There's no way in the world anybody can come and see this band and not enjoy it. I'm convinced of that. Trumpet and keyboard player Justin Stanton is another snarky puppy member who goes back to the group's UNT days. I think this, this one of the secrets to the band's success is that it's like, we've, we've been at it a long time and we've stuck with it. The band is like almost 20 years old now, which is crazy to say out loud. <laughs> you know, I think having the kind of gumbo that we have of people coming in from all different sorts of styles, influences, countries, upbringings, you don't just put people together and the kind of synergy happens overnight. That's cultivated over years and years. And I think Mike is a fantastic leader and he's done great to his way of making everyone feel welcome and everyone feel included is kind of the secret to all this. So I think that sort of inclusion has developed over time. So when new guys come in, guys that aren't from Texas, maybe newer to the band, you just, you feel it and you just sink into that feeling. And it's not that anyone loses their personal identity. It's just that like you just sink into the collective that is this band and you express yourself through that lens. Everybody in this band knows so much about different things and, and every single person in the band knows something that I don't or knows way more about something than I do, you know? So I think in the band there's generally a, a very open feeling of kind of collective feeling of sharing information. We're pretty nerdy. And people are always sharing records with each other, sharing rhythms with each other. And it's not just for individual benefit, it's for collective benefit too. As the band goes on, people feel more comfortable. People who previously maybe felt uncomfortable sharing their perspectives or their opinions, now they feel more comfortable. And the Grammy goes to... Ooh, okay. Snarky Puppy. At the 2021 Grammys, Snarky Puppies, live at the Royal Albert Hall, won the award for Best Contemporary Instrumental Album. It was the band's third win in the category in six years. After the win, Michael League sent a group email to the band. You know what time it is. It's Mike League long email time. First off, congratulations to everyone, everyone on this email. You all know that I view awards as recognition of long-term macro achievement, which if you think about it, the Grammys definitely are. So I believe that whether you are at this gig or not, you made this award happen. I definitely breathed deeply when they announced it, as I've had a constant fear that people will perceive us as a thing of the past, no longer relevant. And this just goes to show that the music world still thinks we are valuable after 16 years, and they still want us around. That said, I want to make this next record the best one we've ever made. We're coming home to Dallas for it. We're representing the home turf. We're going to be shining a light on our community. But above all that, I want this album to show what Snarky Puppy has always been about, the song. The priority for me here is for every single song on the record to be better, deeper, funkier, more thoughtful than any other song in our repertoire. 
I want us to look back at stuff like Lingus and Shofukan and feel embarrassed to play alive because of how sick the new shit is. So please start writing. I would love, 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 love to receive songs, multiple songs from everyone in the band. The more material we have to pull from, the better the chances that we will have an unfuckwithable record from top to bottom. And remember, this record, which will be called Empire Central after the I-35 exit, is about Dallas. Think about that and draw upon it as you write. This one is for our community there. Snarky Puppy had reached heights most bands only dream of. But League understood they couldn't rest on their laurels. That's like a common story, actually. I think, you know, a band that has this kind of young band that has an idealistic kind of, you know, view of their future. They have that hunger, and then they become popular or successful, and the musicality starts to go down, starts to become more of a show, starts to become about selling more tickets, selling more records, making more money, and then you have this huge hype for this band that actually is less cool than they were when they were unsuccessful. I mean, I could name 50 bands that I feel that way about. And the thought of us being that band was a little uh, unnerving. Well, I mean, I think the most important thing that a band can do is change, always. You just change because you have to. You have to. And if you're not changing, you're not kind of an artist anymore. You know, I think it's an essential element of artistry is to, like, tried to move forward and evolve and shoot off into different directions and explore and be curious above all, just be curious and investigate things and, and try things. Some of Snarky Puppy's most invigorating projects have been albums they have recorded in studio-like settings before small audiences. That intimacy imbued Tell Your Friends, Ground Up, and We Like It Here, with a special character, As the band plotted their post-pandemic return to the stage, they realized it had been several years since they had embarked on that type of project. Justin Stanton. Every every recording situation is different um, in this band. Of course, the last two records we did were studio records, and now we're going back to the quote-unquote old format of when we did Family Dinner Volume 2 and we like it here. In typical fashion for us, Compositional elements kind of come down to the last minute, but I think everybody is used to the crucible of this environment of like working hard in a, in a short amount of time and cramming a lot of material in. It's been, I think, six years since the last time we did this sort of format with the live in-studio uh, thing with the audience. You know, there's like about 20 guys in the band or so, you know, give or take, and six years of experience with each of those people. That's a lot of years of accumulated experience doing recordings and studio experience, live recordings, touring, all this stuff. We all have more experience now. I think the songwriting's gotten better from everyone. I think everyone's a more mature songwriter. I think the playing is more mature. I think everyone's listening with different set of ears. Here's percussionist Nate Worth. And when I found out we were doing it like that again, I was super excited because the, the magic of trying to just perform a composition you just learned days ago live uh, is a serious challenge, you know? Like, so that sort of intensity and adrenaline, it, you feel it in the music. And it's, it's like when there's an audience around you 
And, you know, out of the corners of my eyes, I see, you know, these facial reactions. It's special. Here's guitarist Mark Letiri. That I mean, every song takes a slightly different turn every night, and it's really kind of cool to see how the, the audiences react to it and react to the band reacting to it, which is what's so great about the way we do these recordings. I mean, yeah, it's super nerve-wracking from a performing standpoint, maybe, but I think that element of danger actually makes it cooler. When Snarky Puppy were in their infancy at UNT, Latiri was a student at Texas Christian University, a stone's throw away in Fort Worth. But I, you know, I developed my sound from playing in Fort Worth and Dallas and Denton, just like you know, like everybody else did <laughs> in the band. I, you know, especially the guys that grew up around here. So while Snarky Puppy has traveled the world several times over, all roads ultimately lead back to Dallas. Well, when I was living in Denton um, and playing gigs in Dallas, I passed an exit every day driving uh, to downtown Dallas uh, that was called Empire Central. I, I thought it was a really interesting name for a street or for an exit. And it kind of like, for me, kind of cast a bit of a um, mysterious kind of glow on, on, on the city and the skyline as I was driving south. And, and, and I always thought like, wow, that would be, you know, a, a nice name for a record or whatever. And then when the concept for this album started coming together, the brief for this album when I, you know, spoke with the band was Dallas, Texas. Think about that. But when you absorb other kinds of music and things from around the world and you have all these musical experiences, you can't just turn those things off. They're always a part of you, you know? So the work that the band has done to learn other styles of music or, or you know, the experiences that we've had in other countries, checking out local music and interacting with it and studying it, those things are just always, they're like always gonna be in the band. In the beginning of this, when Mike first said, okay, we're doing, the, here, we're doing a new record, we're doing it in Texas. He's like, guys, when you're writing music, have Texas in mind. So um, I think that is probably the thing that's informing the compositions the most, is this Texas mentality. I think you can hear it in most of the tunes. It's like there's this very Texas thing because most of the guys in the band have spent a lot of time here. They're from here, they've grown up here. Um, they moved here to reside here and develop their careers and families. And you hear it in the music, it's cool. So I think first and foremost, that's what kind of informs the compositions. For Chris McQueen, the decision to return to Dallas for Empire Central was a natural progression from the band's other albums recorded before small audiences. There's been a, like a logic to the way we've done them. Um, you know, the first one of these we did was in Louisiana, which was like pretty much the first place that we ever went on like tour, um, because it's the closest thing you can do to go on tour if you live in Texas. So. It was like very meaningful that we did it there, and then the next one was in New York, which makes sense because like that was the next phase of the band, and then the next one was in Europe, which makes sense because that was the next phase of the band. So now like it's you know obviously super cool that this is now our full circle back kind of where it started. I think that the songwriting process for this one, because the whole idea was for it to be full circle, to be about Texas, I think everyone has gotten like um, just like just a tiny bit nostalgic in a way in the way they're writing. Um, and thoughtful about like trying to bring it back to 
in a way where we started, but also with all the evolution of everything we've all been through. So you can kind of tell from the songwriting that there's there's some influences from from our roots, from Texas. Keyboardist Sean Martin joined Snarky Puppy as a student at University of North Texas and has played with the likes of Kirk Franklin, Shaka Khan, and Erica Badu. Everything kind of started here. You know, it's like a homecoming. It is great to see the evolution of the band and how everything has kind of come into play. You know, when I think about, you know, you know Mike Lee playing bass at the Teeny Bar or, you know, you know, Maz at 36 and 9 or, you know, all of those things that kind of took place in the earlier days, you know, or Gazellics or, you know, now see it come full circle. To properly honor the band's roots, the perfect Dallas venue was essential. Enter Deep Ellum Art Company, an intimate event space just a short drive south of Gazellig's, where Snarky Puppy cut its teeth in its infancy. John LaRue co-owns Deep Ellum with his wife, Carrie, and goes by the title, Facilitator of Fun. When were we first approached for this? That was March of 2021, I believe. Uh, so we had, we had a really big, Order to fill, really, if you think about it. You know, as far as as far as the expectations, they were huge for us, uh, and very very daunting to, to make sure that we could measure up and, and deliver that. But I feel like we really have done just that. I think we've, we've provided the space where they were able to do what they needed to get done, which was first and foremost. Um, Want to make sure that we're providing a space where people can be creative, and that's always our goal here at Artco. And this this really was like dream come true as far as that goes. I love Snarky Puppy. I'll, I'll, I'll listen to them all day long if they'll let me. So this has been a real treat to, to get to sit in and, and listen to these songs progress. In Deep Elm, Snarky Puppy found kindred spirits committed to shining a light on what makes Dallas special. Carrie LaRue. The central theme of Dallas is it's very laid out. The, they mapped it so well. I also feel like I've gone on this, you know, this international journey, you know, this tour, you know, of all these countries that are represented, um, which is so fun. And that, that international trip Carrie's talking about is very representative of Dallas. Dallas is a, a very eclectic city. They're, they're, it's, it's a big melting pot. We have cultures from all over the world that somehow find their find themselves here, making family here, which is cool. Well, like, it, it's been a, a really fun treat for us just to see them honor, you know, their, their kind of beginnings. And that's really how this band started out. I mean, it's a Dallas-based band, we'll, or Denton-based band. We'll, we'll take claim to it, of course. <laughs> the Metroplex is big. <laughs> Here's guitarist Mark Latiri. We're home, man. You know, I mean, everyone's here kind of... <sighs> Paying respects, paying homage, more along the lines of just celebrating the culture that's here and celebrating the music that came out of here and that the kind of music that's done so much for those of us that didn't grow up here. Trumpet player Mike Mazmar has also been with Snarky Puppy since their inception. There's a community of musicians here that just have a certain sound and a certain feeling to the way that they play about the way that musicians play, about people, the way that uh, people approach playing music, which is an interesting thing to notice because I think a lot of times we think about music as notes, rhythms, like very intellectual, but there's also a part of music you can't remove that's probably the most important part, which is culture. How you talk to people with what 
presence and what you place importance on when you take the stage. When that changes in a culture, that it completely changes the sound of the music. So Dallas has that its own thing in that way for me that I've only experienced here. Texas is Texas, you know. In the next episode of Snarky Puppy, Transmissions from Deep Ellum, the band takes us inside writing and rehearsing Empire Central. Snarky Puppy, Transmissions from Deep Ellum is produced by Eric Lenz and Jamie Margulies of Ground Up Music. Narrated by me, Alex Arif. Producers for Osiris Media, Kirsten Cluthy and Matt Dwyer. Audio production, Matt Dwyer. Developed with assistance from Brad Stratton. Written by Eric Renner-Brown. Artwork by Mark Dowd. Osiris. <laughs>